Today's New Testament reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise. Pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowds saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Jesus has the authority to do something new. Right now, around the world, authority is being asserted. Russian and Ukraine are determining who has authority over different pieces of land. Islamic State, or ISIS, is asserting its authority in Iraq. There are struggles in Libya, Syria, and Hong Kong. Here in the United States, the authority of the president is being called to question. The NFL is struggling with its own authority issues, and Christianity is reeling because its own members are arguing if it has the authority to define a thing as sinful. Through these simple examples, we can see that authority around the world is being asserted. It is also being questioned. We wonder, what authority does one actually have? 
Should that person have used his or her authority more? Why are things changing? Who's going to right all this wrong? Who really is in charge? Who has true authority? Our text tells us this simple truth. Jesus has authority. And Jesus has the authority to do something new. The Pharisees believe God, Yahweh, is in control and has supreme authority. They also know Yahweh has expectations, standards of perfection, and they are attempting to live their lives in complete obedience to God's standards, His law. And they think that because they are doing these things, they are more special than the rest of the Jewish community, and definitely better than those Gentiles, those sinners. Many Christians today are like the Pharisees in our reading. We want to make God happy. We want to show we care. We do things like helping the elderly, watching the words we say, and participating in, quote, Christian activities. We stand up for God and give a defense on his behalf when his actions don't make sense. We avoid doing things that would make God unhappy, and we expect God to shower us with blessings, with the things we consider to be favorable and good in our own opinions. We expect rewards. We expect praise. We think God likes us more than those other sinners. But Jesus comes along as something different. He is man. He is God. And he has total authority. He has the divine authority to forgive sins. And to demonstrate that authority in our reading, he makes changes to a body allowing a crippled man to carry his mat home. He calls Matthew, and he becomes Christ's disciple, no questions asked. His authority bends centuries-old expectations to hang out with the wrong people, with sinners like you and me. Jesus is the bridegroom with his wedding guests, celebrating, partying, enjoying life together until the day he leaves. Jesus is the new, fresh wine, living in a world of old wineskins. He is the one with the authority to bring change where change is needed, and He is the one with the authority to change you. Christ changes you. His authority, spoken to you, over you in your baptism, gives you a new life, destroying your sin, shame, and wickedness. His authority, spoken over bread and wine, making them to also be His very presence, refreshes and strengthens your faith in Holy Communion. He takes your broken self and makes you whole, giving you the healing you need to rise up and walk, allowing you to take your mat and go home. Jesus fills you with life by sending the Holy Spirit to daily work sanctification in you through His Word. In all these things, Christ's authority has made a new thing out of you. If you're worried about tomorrow, don't. His mercies are new every morning. He will take care of you. He will not forget you. And He cares for you this much because He loves you to death. It was His responsibility to die for your sinfulness on the cross. And on Easter morning, He demonstrated His authority over death by coming back to life. And what has happened to Him will inevitably happen to you. You will live. That's part of the change Christ worked in you through the authority given to Him by the Father with the Holy Spirit. Amen.